0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you guys were wondering, there is definitely a theme this morning. Uh, And so I'm not sure if you're like waiting for a sign, but uh, (laughs) uh, God loves you. He does. And uh, as we were singing that, I was talking to someone uh, a couple days ago and they were just sharing this experience and and they were talking about a particular dream they were having, but I, I thought it could apply here too. In uh, a lot of our memories, in a lot of our brokenness, uh, sometimes we can ask and wonder, God, where are you in this? You know, and and so I want to invite you to ask that question because uh, Jesus wants to reveal where He was in those moments and who He is in those moments as well. Um, if, we're, if we're, if I can be honest with you, perfect was done a long time ago, and uh, our experiences aren't going to be perfect, and God doesn't have the expectation of our perfection, but uh, he just really, really loves us, and uh, I love the message Melissa gave this morning, but also her message last week, if you were able to watch that, that uh, there's a sacrifice part. There's a part where we give ourselves, and there's fear in that. There's a vulnerability that says, okay, God, I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my life, and uh, sometimes when we make God a, different, a better version of just me or you or a human, um, there's a vulnerability there because people have let us down, but God isn't. Uh, me or you. He's not a better version of me. He is God, and he is faithful, and and he is faithful with your heart. Uh, and, and so this morning, uh, yeah, I guess that's for you. I, I, I kind of love how God works, you know, those moments, you know, God, if you're real, and he's just constantly saying, yeah, here, 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 here. So uh, there's this really corny church signs, you know, and if you're looking for a sign, you know, here it is. Well, uh, I, we don't have a sign, but If you're looking for a sign, uh, here it is. So um, yeah, we are going to continue in Philippians, and uh, we're actually going to go, I had a different message, but then I really feel God has a message for this church this morning, and and so we're going to go a little bit further back, uh, a few weeks back now, uh, Cody, who is going to be moving here in the summer, and he's going to be leading our youth and helping me pastor here as well. I uh, gave a great message in Philippians 2, and there's a section of that I just want to continue in and, and share with you this morning. And, and, and again, we haven't talked in Philippians for a little bit, and so kind of a reminder of the theme, a kind of a quick hit of the theme. Uh, um, it's a focus on, on how we live matters, right? It, it, it reflects what's going on in the inside, and we benefit from it. And it's important to to understand this from this context. How we live uh, uh, isn't there to please God. Like, we don't live a certain way to please God. Uh, If you've heard the words this morning, if you need to hear it again, there's nothing more that you can do to make God love you any more or any less. There's, There's nothing. That's already determined. God loved you so much that he actually already gave his son for you. His love for you is already there. And, and, and this idea of, of now I need to please God. God is already pleased with us. There's nothing we can do to make him even more pleased. There isn't like a, a second level of please. We don't level up our pleasing of God. It, it, it's done. God is pleased with you already. But how we live actually demonstrates the people around us. That, are, that what we believe is actually real. It makes God i'm using my italian hands tangible we can touch it we can feel it it makes god real our changed life is actually evidence of god and when we actually begin to walk out the principles that are found in scripture we benefit from it because god's heart for us and his desire for us is that we would experience everything that he has for us and it's good And so if God is good and his intentions for us are good, if he already loves us and if he's already pleased with us, then everything we learn about, everything we hear about as we walk it out is for us, right? And parents can relate to this because all the things we do for our kids, and I remember not being a parent, and you look at some parents and you're like, man, those parents are dumb. And now I'm one of those dumb parents, right? (laughs) And you too will be one of those dumb parents, that do things that make no sense because you do it out of love. Yeah, so let's go into Philippians. Philippians 2, and we're going to read starting in verse 13. Is that what I said? Yeah, 12, sorry. (laughs) Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So uh, in other versions, when we read this verse, it would say, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Who has ever heard of that verse before or that phrasing before? Right? Work out with fear and trembling. And um, this is the idea that salvation is not just to get into heaven. Right? So if if salvation was like this way to please God so you have access to heaven, that would be it. But it's it's more than that. See, God's desire is that we'd experience heaven now. There's a now and then a not yet idea. That the heaven is obviously future, but there is a favor that we walk in now. Now that term fear and trembling uh, how Paul wrote it in the Greek, was understood by the audience. It was actually a known metaphor. It was a known saying. And it's actually a military saying. And why that's important is because Philippi, where this was written, it was a military town. It was retired military uh, and established military. So they would be very, very familiar with this term. Uh, the, the, the term fear and trembling, uh, the saying anyways, is this is is to distrust, distrust one's own ability to meet all requirements, but does his utmost to fulfill them. Now it doesn't really make sense, but this is the idea. The idea is obedience in military terms. That that you're obedient and you trust that whoever is higher than you or above you has your back. I don't know if I can do this, but I trust that the people I am with and the person who's in charge knows what they are doing. Fear and trembling means to distrust one's own ability to meet all requirements, but does his utmost to fulfill them. Again, the idea is obedience and trust, that someone knows what they're doing. I might not know what's going on, and I can't do this on my own, but I trust that I am not doing this by myself. That's that, that idea, that's that, that saying. And, and, and again, the idea is obedience and trust. And the key is just doing something, taking risks, Getting involved, uh, uh, praying for others, uh, being in other people's lives it is important. But there's this understanding that we can't do this without God. See, we can't walk out this changed life and demonstrate this changed life without God. And see, and unlike like military that's like has people involved and people let people down all the time. You know what I mean, right? Oh yeah, trust me, go there and then you know they're dead. <laughs> God is not. Me or another person. See, God is faithful. And so this working out is, is understanding, you know what, I actually can't do this. Somewhere along the lines, we kind of feel like we need to be qualified to do. And nowhere in scripture does it say you need to be qualified to do, right? In fact, it's, it's a little bit the op- opposite. It's just a call of obedience. That when you're obedient, God's got your back. And, and like, I don't know about you, But like God, God has your back. That's pretty good. It's better than me. Trust me, it's it's, it's a lot better than me. And and so this is the challenge that I want to present this morning. That in our sphere of influence, what that means is in my surroundings now, in my family, in my work, in my, you know, in my life, I want to be an influence. Every day, I want to demonstrate the love, the grace, and the goodness of God. This is an awareness that we, where we are right now, that we are in ministry, okay? I am a minister. I am called right now, here and now, to be an influence where I am even if I feel inadequate, even if we feel like we're not worthy of it, this isn't a question of worthy because God has already made us worthy. This is a question of obedience. Are we willing to be aware of the people and the things around us? Because if church is just here and never out there, then church is not really church. Okay? If our faith doesn't have a practical application of it in the world around us, then, then the question is, then what are we doing? Right? The, the question is really, really valid. Is this really real? What's the purpose? Does it serve any purpose for my life right now? And I can tell you something. If we're actually not doing anything outside of church, then it actually serves only part of its purpose. You know? It's kind of like living in Powell River, and seeing all the really, really nice cars here as affluent people are moving here and people still driving 40, right? What are you doing? <laughs> and here we are as Christians being filled with the love, the grace, and the power of God, and we're still driving 40 in our faith. We're still asking questions like, God, are you there? Do you love me? Am I good enough? When God's saying, hey, work out the change on the inside with fear and trembling. Not with terror, but with understanding that you might not feel adequate, but I am adequate. You might not feel ready, but I am ready. See, living out our faith is the natural progression of a relationship with God. It's the part that makes it kind of real. If we look at verse 13, he says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This word desire means to be like-minded, to begin to see and feel the same. Now, if we look at the example of Jesus, who gave up his Godhood to be like us, but showed us and demonstrated to us what it's like to actually walk filled with his spirit, If we look at the example of Jesus, we see that he is moved with compassion and then he does. That's that idea of desire. All of a sudden, his eyes are open to a need and he goes and he meets it. And if we look at the example of Jesus, he he talked with others that people saw you you can't talk to. They're not worthy to be talked to. He sat with others that other religious people said not worthy to sit with right he touched those who were sick even though it would make him unclean unclean right we're very familiar with this in the era of COVID right yeah right but he he walked out in obedience and you see if we look at every need it can seem really really overwhelming but Jesus just moved with compassion where he felt compassion he did And this is that example of walking out relationship. As our relationship with God continues to grow, the natural progression is we begin to see and to think like Him. And we begin to see the people around us. And this is what I have noticed, kind of really, really practically in my uh, 12 years of experiencing pastoring, pastoring here, that the indicator that our desires are changing is that we begin to see needs and, and, and we want them to be filled. Let me give you an example. Uh, usually when people start reconnecting with church, they're worshiping, they're getting excited, they're being filled, they're reading their Bible. Usually the next step I wait for is the Sam, you should. Like, hey, Sam, you know what? You should start feeding people. I'd be a really, really good thing. And, and then once you know, we've said it, we're like, oh, I did good. You know? I'm just gonna sit down now. Thanks, God, I did your work. You know what I mean and here's what's happening our eyes are being opened we're being moved with compassion and the very areas that we see need is where God is calling you to begin to act in to begin to work out your faith because you know what where you see compassion in an area I might not because I am working out my salvation if you're in trouble. You know what I mean? I am being moved and I am going here. And maybe you're being moved and that and that's the beautiful part about community. Because me by myself, not church. I am not the church. That's surprising, right? I individually am not. But us together are the church. Is the church? Are the church. Thank you. <laughs> English hard. Are the church. And we walk it out together. And and there becomes a dissatisfaction when we see needs and they're not filled. Because we know it's not right. See, we are created in the image of God. And our God is a God that meets with us. Who loves us. So when we say we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, it's this practical application that says as we in relationship begin to actually see from the blindness of our own selfishness, when those needs are met, it just doesn't feel right because it's it's not God. And this morning, I'm really excited about that, that the Sam's you should are the use you do (laughs) oh that should be a (laughs) t-shirt I had a a friend of mine who uh, he's a counselor and and his least favorite word is the word should and and every time I say it he would say stop shooting on me Sam and so I, I don't know that's for you if you're watching Tom thanks that's a good one continue verse 14 Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you live clean innocent lives as children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and per- uh, per- <laughs> perverse people hold firmly to the word of life then one day and on the day of Christ's return I will be proud that I did not run this race in vain And that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. See, this this is really practical. Practical. Like literally, let's just take the full first line. Do everything without complaining and arguing. And every parent says, "Amen." Amen. Woo! (laughs) It's a revival. (laughs) Do everything. (laughs) Oh man, per sound guys, like, come on, Sam, what are you doing? Do everything. It's, It's 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 simple, but it's not easy. Just serve. Have a mentality that is looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Do you, Do you, anyone remember their first job? Yes. Do you remember the, how nervous we were? Now, most times when you're new to work, and anyone who, who actually has people working for them will understand this. Do you ever remember like just doing a task and then not knowing what to do after that, yeah. right? And so like, okay, you, know, you gotta clean the counters, so you clean the counters, but then you see garbage on the floor and you're like, do I pick that up? No, no, I was just told to, to, to clean the counters. So you just clean the counters and you leave the garbage on the floor, then you're done and then you're kind of standing there and you're waiting for the next instruction, right? <laughs> Does anyone, yes. okay? Now, do you remember, now, now do you know how frustrating that is? When you're actually working with someone who only does what they're told and doesn't anticipate the need, right? Am I getting any more amens right now? Yes! yes. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the wives. <laughs> Put the spaghetti on the stove. Ever see that picture? And it's just literally spaghetti on the stove? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking to myself right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if... <laughs> if If our faith is reduced to just do's and don'ts, okay, if if our faith is literally just there so that we can appease an angry God, so we just do the things so that I have a good life. If, if, If I just do the do's and don't do the don'ts, then I can leave this life unscathed. If that's our goal, then A, we become blind. We're like, that kid who washes the counters and leaves the garbage on the floor. That and, hear me, we begin to actually lack accountability because we don't want to be accountable to anybody. We don't want anyone to see our lives because what we're scared of is we're scared of punishment. If I can please and unplease a God, then if I do something wrong, then I'm going to get punished. And so we hide. We hide from relationship. We don't want people in our lives. We don't even want to serve because that risk. If I make a mistake then, that I'm punished and then I'm wrong. God's going to smite me. I'm going to get a disease, whatever it is. You laugh, but people really believe this. I did. I grew up in church. I had that awesome privilege of never really having anything else but this. And I like to call it, like, it doesn't really exist, but I used to call it Christian karma, you know? If I do enough good things, then no bad things would happen. And if a bad thing happened... Then I'd be like, "Oh, did I read enough? Did I pray enough? Did I I had my checklist, you know? When things were going really, really good, I used to have to be scared. Okay, well, a bad thing has got to come because I'm imperfect, right? Anyone else think like that? Am I alone here? No. Well, that's good, Greg, because if I just make my faith about doing the dos and don'ts, that I'm not really walking out of relationship. I, I am being blind. I'm living blind. And it's twofold, okay? So, doing without relationship with God, just doing, is, is kind of fake and hollow. Has anyone experienced that? Just, I remember when I first, well, 12 years ago, we started pastoring here. And that first year, I went to this conference with another pastor of mine. We were in Seattle. And uh, we had this continental breakfast in a hotel. And I, I'm actually a really, really big fan of Continental Breakfast, do you know why? I love the pancake machine and the big waffle iron, right? I don't have a pancake machine at home, and I don't have a giant waffle iron at home. So I get really, really excited. And so I was, woke up for breakfast, and there wasn't a big waffle iron, and there wasn't a pancake machine. So I was very, very disappointed. And, and now, what do you have for breakfast? And they had stale bread and stuff, and, and out there in the corner was this fruit basket. And in this fruit basket was this red, shiny apple. And so I, I need to tell you something about myself. I eat apples like zero times, right? (laughs) Apples are like the healthy choice, and no one makes the healthy choice for fun, okay? Well, maybe you do. Good for you. I don't. And so there's this red, shiny apple. I remember like thinking, this is it. This is the answer to my sad pancake-less breakfast. And and I grabbed this apple that was shiny and perfect, and I bit into it, and it was soft and grainy. It was a red delicious. Those things are, that's a lie. And that is serving with no relationship. It looks good on the outside, but it's disingenuous. It's not, I'm moved with compassion. It's, I'm fulfilling a list of do's and don'ts. And that kind of faith is completely unattractive. This is why I walked away from the faith. Right? Maybe there's some of you here this morning that are like, I'm here, <laughs> There's a football reference. No one's going to get it. But I'm just here so I don't get fined. All the Seattle Seahawks fans are like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. I'm just here to make my mom or dad happy. I'm just here to make a peace, an angry God, whatever it is. It's disingenuous. But also, relationship with God without serving is like, is anyone here like normal and not clean out the vegetable and fruit drawer? No. Okay. And you know when you find that grape that, like, it looks good, but then the back is completely rotten? Or worse yet, you know the tomato that gets left on the counter? Like, oh, there's a tomato. And you go to grab it, and it's soft. (laughs) That's relationship without serving. Because if we're just constantly coming and being filled, we're worshiping, we're getting, and God is pouring, 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 and we're not pouring out, then we're rotting. Because that's also not what we're designed to do. See our faith is designed to be incredibly genuine, And it's time to give our community of Powell River, or whatever community that you call your community, for those watching online or for those visiting. It's time to give them a, to give our kids, to, to give our families an actual tangible representation, an example of God's true nature, which is His love, His grace, His goodness is kindness, the actual true nature of God. It's hard to go wrong defaulting on grace and love. Look, how we live matters. It is actually really, really important. It is. But do you realize that Scripture spends more time talking about the condition of our hearts versus the conditions of others' hearts? See, verse 17, Paul makes a statement like, my life is being poured out. I'm pouring my life, even if I pour my life out. And he says to the Philippians church, the church in Philippi, just like you're pouring your life out. See, I've come to learn this in life, that we're always pouring something out. Something is always coming out of our life. The question is, what is it? You know, if we're not in a position where we're in relationship with a loving, grace-filled God, then it just leaves room for crap to accumulate. Has anyone ever had like water that's, you know when they turn the water off, and they turn the water back on, you know, and you kind of open the tap? If you don't let it run, it's kind of brown. I don't encourage you to drink that water. (laughs) See, we live in Powell River where we are blessed with amazing water. We can literally drink out of the tap. Now, I, I, I was raised in the Tri-City area, area. You cannot drink out of that. They tell you, you can. And if you've never tasted any other water, you're probably fine with it. But once you've tasted the real thing, we are constantly pouring out. And so the question is, what are people tasting around us? What is the evidence of your life? You know, so for some of us, we're saying that. Yeah. We are Christians. We love God. Yet the fruit of our life is is, is bitter. And if we're not being positioning ourselves in relationship that's actually being filled with I, I, I hope we're understanding, like if we're not being filled, then what's coming out is the things other things, bitterness. Anger, our own feelings of inadequacy. That's what's coming out of us. And anything but Jesus just isn't very attractive. And sometimes what's stopping us from actually going and doing is this feeling like I'm not trained enough. Well, I'm not like Pastor Sam. I'm not like Pastor Katie. And I'm not like Glenn. And I'm not like Roland. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not. And nowhere in here is it about getting to a certain level that qualifies you to do. There's a humility that says and recognizes that I am called and I am here for more than this. And so if I am going to do more than this, then I am going to need God. And so here's the avenue of obedience. It's God, show me your heart. Show me the needs. Where can I practically be you? And then start doing it. With this understanding, this humility, knows that, 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 that without God, it's, it's going to be pretty bad. <laughs> so here's the challenge I actually want to leave you with. This morning, um, we really, really focused on the changed life more than just the empowered life. And we need both. We need to be empowered. It's more than just doing. Again, if we're doing without relationship, then it's just a red delicious apple. But this morning, I want to challenge. If you're willing to take this challenge, just take a week and then hopefully it lasts longer. And and, um, one of the things that really stopped me from thinking I could ever do anything like this or ever like be a representation of Jesus in the real world is I used to hear stories of people who do great things. And it was always like, oh, they fasted for days and they prayed for hours. And I don't wanna disappoint you guys, but man, I'm really bad at fasting and I I don't pray for an hour. (laughs) 10 minutes is like really good. And I do it in the morning and sometimes I fall asleep. This is, so I I just want to invite you to to take first few minutes when you wake up in the morning, as you're kind of laying in bed turn the alarm off first because that's kind of annoying and just okay hey God I'm here this morning show me your heart show me the need that's it just, and then let's start with our families you know this morning the husbands maybe a good thing to ask is how do I be Jesus to my wife show me my kids show me Jesus just be willing to see maybe for our kids start asking how can I be Jesus in my own family show me the need you know sometimes a reaction is just do things and doing things is good trust me no wife is going to get mad at you if you unload the dishwasher (laughs) but maybe in asking God there's something that's actually creative there's something that he's actually really really doing it might seem like a weird gesture but just walk out on obedience Uh, this morning I know that there's gifts and there's talents and there's abilities in this church and and you're sitting here like man we should be feeding this community God's calling you and I want to support you in that we should be doing this and we should be doing that and I agree with you we should and God is stirring your hearts and so part of it is just being obedient and start making some steps start saying it out loud because you're going to be shocked how many people might actually agree with you. Because you might see it, and, and Joanne might see it, you know, and Rick might see it. And of a you see it, you see it, you see it, and, and God is forming a team. Praise Jesus. All right, let's pray. So I want to give opportunities for, for, for several things to pray for. First of all, if you have never made a decision, I almost fell over. If you have never made a decision to believe in Jesus and invite him into your life, I want to give you that opportunity to do that. I want to pray for you. So I'll do that. Secondly, uh, I want to pray for any of us who have kind of turned that voice off, who have just felt like, I can't do this. I'm not adequate enough. I'm not good enough. And so we've really just not been the hands and feet of Jesus. And I just want to pray for God's grace. You know, like he is not angry. And this is the crazy part. You can do absolutely nothing in your faith. God still loves you. That's why God's not me, because I probably wouldn't still love you. (laughs) But God does. And he still accepts you. He still forgives you. It's not about pleasing him. It's actually about bringing some purpose and some life to our life. Now, third group, I guess you're sitting here like, yes, Sam, and you're ready to go. Well, I just want to pray for more. I Pray for like just divine wisdom. I love it when God brings a planet together. And anyone grew up watching the A-Team? You know, I love it when a planet comes together. And that's just what God does. It's awesome. He's our Hannibal. Or Mr. T, if you're into that. All the young kids are like, who's Mr. T? Breaks my heart. Let's pray. So if you've never made a decision to believe, I just invite you to pray with me. But Jesus, I believe in you. And I invite you into my life. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Amen. That's it. You're in. Holy Spirit, I pray for us who are wondering, okay, how can I be your hands and your feet? And I just pray that you would reveal it to us. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. Father, I pray for courage because you know what? It's kind of scary. I just pray for a boldness that's just a confirmation of you speaking to us. If there's any guilt, shame attached to any of this, Father, I just pray for your grace because guilt and shame aren't yours. That's not from you. And you know what? We actually lock that up. We say no in the name of Jesus and we relieve release, love, grace, and just passion. Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, We actually, I invite you to begin to uh, um, search our hearts, kind of where we've been living this do and don't do, this yes or no, just looking to please you. Father, would you reveal those areas? And I just begin to invite grace into those areas. Father, those areas that we're hiding, where we know that, that we are not living out the faith that you've called us to live. Father, I pray that your light not only would reveal it, but your love and grace would begin to heal out here, Lord. And Father, for the rest of us, we pray for more, just more of your presence, more of your spirit. Father, would would you give us your strategies, your just Holy Spirit strategies? What do you have for this city? What is your plan for Power River? How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community in which we serve? Show us, Lord, Amen. Awesome. This morning, as you go, call your moms. Let's meet you. Hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Thank you. Uh, Go in the knowledge of a God who's already pleased with you, who loves you, who is inviting you into relationship. Go and be the hands and feet of Jesus.